the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. I gave away our special surprise today. We have Teen Challenge with us today. Give them a big round of applause. If, if you hadn't heard about Teen Challenge, I don't know what planet you've been living on, but uh, I'm sure they'll, I'll let them explain more about themselves. It's an honor to be here. This, this, um, your church has a special meaning to us already. See, one of our leaders was in a jail here in your town. And whoever is over the jail ministry, we thank you because it saved her life. See, y'all came to talk to her. Y'all came to see her in the jail. <clears throat> she ended up coming straight out of jail. She got into Teen Challenge with your help. And she graduated last May. Her husband also went through Teen Challenge. They've been married five years, went through Teen Challenge. And uh, he is now a leader at the Men's Center in Georgetown. She is our leader. Amen. So thank you. My name is Vicki. I am one of the choir directors. I'm also in the program. Um, our ages are 18 to 65, and at this time, the girls are just going to tell you a little bit about their self. Hi, I'm Madison. Um, I'm 19. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I've been in the program about five months, and one of the scriptures that I stand on is Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. Hey, y'all. I'm Haley. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Quitman, Arkansas. I've been in this program for a little over six months now. And the scripture that I stand on is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith, not by sight. Hey, y'all. I'm Delaney. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Caledonia, Mississippi, and I've been in the program almost six months. And the scripture I stand on is she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she lasts without fear of the future, Proverbs 31, 25. Hey, I'm, my name is Alicia. I'm from Palm Bluff, Arkansas. Sorry. Uh, I'm 30 years old. I've been in the program for 10 and a half months, going on 11. And the scripture that I stand on is 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary, your devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Hey, y'all. I'm Amy. I'm 26. Um, I'm from Cumberland County, Tennessee. I've been in the program almost four months. And the scripture I stand on is Psalms 116, verse 8. For you, Lord, delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. Hello, I'm Amanda. I'm 27. I'm from Gulfport, Mississippi. I've been in the program about um, three weeks now. Uh, the scripture I stand on is Philippians 4:13. Uh, for I, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthened me. I'm really, I'm really excited, and I'm proud of these girls because this is Amanda's first choir so we're pumped you know we let them get in the house and and kind of get used to everything and then we start taking them out a little bit with us and Amy's going to give her testimony but um 
By the raise of your hands, how many of you have ever been affected by drug abuse, whether it be your family, any kind of addiction, um, anybody? Wow. Wow. It's pretty cool. But God. Our, um, our center is in Brandon, and... <clears throat> It all started, I listened to the rooftop, about the rooftop, that four, just that four percent. Dave Wilkerson, David Wilkerson, he believed in 1958, he stood up for something, and it's, these are a product of it. It's 1,100 centers all over the world, and 110 different ones in countries. Um, I'm so blessed to be here. Let me just say that this is such an honor. We fundraise Thursday, Friday, and Saturday all over the state of Mississippi. We're, we're everywhere. I was in cold water a couple of weeks ago. We drive back to our center for less than three hours. Um, we drive. So some of the girls, you know, they give all. But this is one of the times that we have job studies. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we work. Who works in the shop? Let's just do this. They paint. Who works at the thrift store? They work at the thrift store. We have a thrift store. We have a paint shop. The woodwork that you see in the back, the girls painted. And um, we have a choir department. They make today happen, so thank you. That's, that's an awesome job. Um, and I work in intake, so I get to hear women that are like myself that have been broken. And our ages, like I said, are 18 to 65. Um, we don't turn anyone away. So I hope today, as this is so hard sometimes for us to open up and to show you all the things that we did wrong, but I pray to God that if you hear our story, maybe your brother, your sister, someone that you're close to, you may see signs to see before. We want you to be like us now, not what we were. And at this time, Amy's going to come share her story. Hey, y'all. Um, growing up for me was very dark. Um, both of my parents were addicts. I mean, it was just me and my older brother. Um, I hated who my mom became being an addict. Um, she was never in our lives, really. She, she always pawned us off on family members or my grandparents. Um, around the age of 10, my grandparents gained full custody of me and my brother. And life got better. Sorry. Um, I was happy there. They showed us lots of love, affectionate, something that we never had growing up. Um, my grandma got really sick about the age of 14 and passed away. That was devastating for me. Um, so me and my brother kind of just clicked up. You know, that's all that we had was just each other. I started hanging around him and his older friends, and we started um, doing the gateway drug, using drugs together. Uh, he was a big influence on me in my life. Around the age of 18, my mom, um, she got in a bad car accident and was prescribed prescription medication. My 18th birthday, she gave me a birthday card with her prescription drugs in it. That's the first time that I ever used drugs with my mom. Um, that sent me down a path of addiction, nine years of addiction. Um, I then started, you know, messing with harder drugs, drugs that would take me down a very, very bad path. I got involved with a man who was um, supplying the whole county 
with, with a very bad drug. Um, he became very abusive to me. He's, uh, he put guns to my head. He, he beat me where I couldn't get up, where my family wouldn't even recognize me. He's now in prison for 13 years. Um, I pray for him every day. I pray for his salvation. I, I just pray that God can work on him as he has me. Since I've been in this program, I've I got my joy back. I got my hope back. Being in addiction, it's, it's like a sickness. It's like a disease. You know, you don't choose to be that. I know I'll... I know growing up I wanted to be nothing like my mom. I wanted to be so much better than her. Um, but that's why you never say never, because I became just like her, if not worse. Drugs, they, they took over my life completely. That's all I cared about. That's all I wanted was just to be high, um, to numb that pain that I felt, the, the love and affection I never gained from my parents. Those drugs covered that up. I felt accepted by the people that I was using with. You know, that was something to do on the weekends and it turned into an everyday thing. Um, I just, I really um, just want to tell you guys just to keep your heads up. You know, keep, keep your faith in Jesus and don't be involved in the wrong crowd because they, they will get you distracted and, and take you down a path you, you should never be on. I know I witnessed and went through some things that, you know, I wouldn't wish on anybody. But God has me here. He has me better. And I'm on fire for him, and I'm just out here trying to spread awareness to all you young, young folks, you know, just, just stay, stay humble and just keep, keep God with you. And that's why the scripture I stand on is um, Psalms 116, verse 8. For you, Lord, delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. Thank you all. She did really good. <laughs> I'm so proud of her. See, I've been in the program nine months, and uh, since I've been there, I've seen 31 walk out the door saying they couldn't take it or whatever. It's probably one of the hardest things we've ever done in our lives. But it's the most rewarding, because what you see behind you, thank you. What you see behind you, these are mothers that are fighting to get their children back because of mistakes they made. So for them, <laughs> good catch. For them to stand up here and to tell their stories, I'm so proud of them. And I know if I'm this proud, and I've just met them within the last nine months of my life, what the Lord is, you know, for us to come home, he's, I mean, it's like the feast. You know, he's glad the wayward child is home. Something That's not even in my script. I just had to share that. That was really good, and I'm so proud of you. I love you. Um, Percentage-wise, 86% of everyone that goes through the program, um, after five years, they're still, they're still good. They're still following the Lord. 67% um, after 20 years is, you know, um, we get up every morning at 530. It, it's not a game. We, we don't talk before 530. Let me just say that. We, we get up at 530 at 615. We're in prayer. We pray from 615 to 645. We give everything to the Lord because the way we gave everything to our drug, we're chasing the most high now. So we, we turn around. 
you know, we don't speak because we're in 27 ladies. You've got 27 ladies in a three-bedroom house with three bathrooms. You don't talk before breakfast. Any of you men know that have a wife, you don't. You just don't. You don't. And uh, so we, we turn everything to the Lord and we give it to him. But I know <clears throat> as we go through our day, we, we eat breakfast, then we share Proverbs. And we actually do our chores or whatever, and then we all have job details. When I was talking about prayer, you know, <clears throat> we we have four centers. We have here in Missouri, Tennessee, and Arkansas, but we get together every day at 11.15. We shut everything down, and we say prayers, and we have prayer cards. If you don't mind, the girls are going to come pass them out. Um, we call out your name because we know half of us that are in the house never even prayed before. We didn't really, we were probably one of those 4%. We didn't know much about the Lord, and so... To have a relationship with anyone, you have to spend time with them, and that's what we're learning to do. So we, you know, we encourage you if you want to. We call your name out. We call your problem out to the Lord, and it just helps us to have better communication with the Lord and to learn how to, to say prayers and, and to lift you up at the same time. It's very important to us. That is one part of our day that we learn to give, to have a servant's heart, to be an armor bearer. While you're doing that, I'm going to tell you a little bit. Um, I told you about our work study, um, but what I failed to tell you was that by the time we graduate, um, after our 13 months, we have learned 250 scriptures. We test out of them every week. Um, we, <clears throat> we have four hours basically a day that we spend with the Lord and, and we test out. We have 14 different group studies obedience to man, obedient to the Lord. Um, we learn to restart things. You know, if, if they have to keep up, they think it's crazy. I did too. You have a water bottle and a point sheet. But that's to get you ready for carrying a cell phone and your keys and your Bible. You know, so it's little things that they really, it, I used to think that is the craziest thing ever. Why do I have to do, why do I have to make up my bed? Well, because... We're supposed to get up, dress up, and show up. And if your bed's inviting you, there's those little things, and I'm like, girls, that's why we do it. I, I figured it's taking this long, but that's why we do it. So we have different rules, rules that we follow, um, our group studies. Um, even I was so proud of the girls coming in the van. I looked in the back of the van, and three of them were reading their Bible. And to want a relationship with, like, with the Lord like that, that's so cool to me. Because I know if they search the Lord as much as they do now, what an awesome mother and wife one day they're going to be. See, I've got two girls up here. Delaney, she has babies, and Haley back home. They're trying to get to their children. How old? Um, one and six. Babies. So if they search after the Lord, <coughs> man. What an awesome reward. I often think about Job. You know, the rewards are endless. And I'm so proud of the girls for sticking to it. It's one thing to have my children 24 and 26. It's one thing to have older children, but to have younger children and know they're at home and having that motherly instinct to want to go to them. So I look up to these girls for that. Young coming back. Um, if you hadn't finished filling them out, you can give them back to us at the end. I didn't mean to make y'all cry. I mean, come on now. 
But this time, the two crying ones are going to share their story. Haley. Hey, y'all. I did not ever want to have to say I needed a 13-month recovery program. This is not what I had planned for my life. But sometimes life hits you so hard that you need a little help getting up, and that's okay. Um, God instilled in me a warrior spirit from a very young age. I've always been a fighter at the age of six years old. Um, I went through a lot of very, uh, very, very violent sexual abuse, and I had to fight by myself through this. I had two addict parents who couldn't pull out of their addiction long enough to help me. So I had to do it all alone. Um, and now that I'm a recovering addict, I know how hard it is to pull out of that. And I finally have forgiven my parents for not being there for me. Um, you would think this would make a child be bad and disobedient, but it was actually the opposite. I wanted to gain their love and affection, so I did everything to the best of my ability, and it still never got their attention. I had a 3.7 GPA all through high school. Um, I had a full-ride scholarship to College of the Ozarks for fine arts. I was a first-chair French horn player. I turned 18, though, my senior year of high school, and I thought I was grown. So I just walked out, and I didn't ever go back. I didn't graduate. I had my senior pictures done, my senior invitations, all that stuff, and I just was tired of it. So I went and worked at a Taco Bell in BB, Arkansas, making minimum wage, and then I became a shift leader, and I started robbing the company. By the grace of God, I didn't get caught and get any charges on me. Um, then my biggest blessings came, my two children, Madeline and Jeremy. I was a very, very good mom up until about six months after my, my son was born. Um, I met this man. I walked into a tattoo shop, um, and I was so intrigued by him and his crazy lifestyle. So I just left my family behind. I've never been good at completing things. I left the only two people that have never hurt me just behind. I wasn't an addict at this time, but this sent me down a very destructive road. This man that I thought was that could have hung the moon introduced me to a very, very, very deadly drug. Um, only about 5% of the people that use it actually pull out of it uh, or even make it out alive. I'm lucky enough to be one of those people. Uh, I lost full custody of my children as of September 26th of last year. I would go to my visit dates and I'd be passed out on the couch. My five-year-old daughter would be worried about things like if I was hungry or if I was thirsty or if she needed to send a blanket home with me because she knew that I was homeless. It's a five-year-old. She shouldn't have ever had to worry about that. I'm the product of my raising. I became my mother, somebody unreliable for my daughter. So he cut off all communication to them. Now, looking back, I understand, once again, he was trying to protect them. I hurt my daughter. That's my best friend. I was actually supposed to be in Teen Challenge three months before I was I actually came. And I came and on February 1st. My mom showed up to where I was staying. She saw that I had no lights, no water, and I was cold. And I was hungry. She gave me some food. She kissed my arms and said, Haley, you're going to die out here. I said, no, Mom, I got this. 
three months goes by. She's, she came, she saved me, which my mom's out of addiction now, by the way. She's been clean for a very long time. She's my best friend. She had to get away from my father to get clean. I love my mama. She's my biggest supporter. So I'm here, and I'm sober, six months sober, something I couldn't have ever done on my own. And to say I hit rock bottom is an understatement. I was homeless when I got here. I was about 90 pounds, bruised up. My hair was falling out from being malnutritioned, and I'd burnt every bridge that I could ever imagine. And then I was a mom who hadn't seen her kids in six months, so I was completely broken. God saved my life. I used to say in my testimonies that I was unworthy, but I'm not unworthy. I have potential. I'm worthy. I'm a daughter of the king. I get to talk to my children four times a week. I got to FaceTime them. And that was the first time I've seen my children actually be active in 11 months. God's doing that for me. He's restoring everything that I destroyed. My daughter knows that I'm here learning about Jesus. And she knows she's in counseling. They had to put her in counseling for separation anxiety. So she knows that I'm here and I'm safe. She actually just got back from vacation Bible school, and I asked her what she learned. She said, I learned that Jesus is a good guy. I said, yeah, he's a very good guy. (laughs) Something that I pray for my children is that they feel the presence of the Lord because that's what's going to keep them. Um, She said that sometimes she sees Jesus and she feels his hands, and that's just my confirmation. I'm on the right road. My children are safe. I can work on me right now. Um. What good am I if I'm still broken when I go home? So this is my chance to just learn everything that I can from the Lord. I've got these amazing sisters. Um, This one saw me when I first came in. And this one, I I did five days at the Arkansas Center. She saw how broken I was. This is God. I'm out there doing the Lord's work, being salt and light to the communities that we go to, telling them that there is life after addiction and happiness and sobriety. It's It's a beautiful thing. I have not yet seen my children. I get to go home next month for a three-day pass, and I get to spend every single day with my children. (laughs) I don't know what I would do if I wouldn't have found this program. I'd probably still be out there, not talking to my children, on the verge of death. I can't even speak as highly as I wish I could about this program. I've got sisters that love me unconditionally, and they're constantly speaking life into me. They pray for my children. Each one of these ladies has stopped in the middle of their day to pray for me and to pray for my children, and it's not an easy program. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but it's the most meaningful. My daughter and my son know I'm here fighting for them, and I'm fighting for myself. So that's why the scripture that I stand on is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith, not by sight. Faith is what saved my life. Faith is what got me here. And faith is what's going to restore my family to me. Thank y'all so much for letting me share. God bless y'all. When, when Haley come into the house, I used to pray. She wouldn't lift her head up. She was like this the whole time. I used to say, Lord, make her as bald as a lion. And he has. <laughs> he has. Now Delaney's going to share her story. Well, how do you top that? Um, I'm Delaney. Like I said, I'm from Caledonia. I'm 25 years old. 
Um, I started off as a good kid. I come from a really good family. I made good grades in school. I was really good at sports. I was prissy, but at the same time, you could find me knee-deep in a mud puddle at any given time of the day. Um, when I hit middle school, my older brother was diagnosed with uh, cancer. He had six months to live, so my family started spending a lot of time in the Birmingham hospital. Me being selfish and immature, started to rebel to get their attention because they had stopped coming to my games. I didn't really see my mom and my dad no more, you know. But even though I got my mama's attention, I didn't get my daddy's. And if I did, it was in all the wrong ways. So with that happening, I started to crave the attention of older boys. And I already looked older, and I ran around with older people, so it wasn't really hard for me to do. Um, as I got on into high school, I was one of the best ball players at Caledonia High School. I was the youngest on varsity in every sport that I played. I had, a, I had a name to live up to because my brother was MVP. He was a star athlete where I'm from, too. And I'd done very good at that for a while. I kept my grades up, but at the same time, I was starting to experiment with gateway drugs. I was starting to drink. I was starting to party. I was starting to um, experiment with prescription pills. And, but I thought it was okay because I was still going to school every day. I was still keeping my grades up and making my parents happy. The further along I got, I stopped caring, and it got to the point to where I couldn't even remember what had happened that weekend. I just knew what people told me. It got to the point to where I was numbing something, and I didn't even really know what I was numbing, what I was trying to numb. Um, I quit playing ball. I quit caring about my grades. Uh, if I went to school, I was usually under the influence. I can remember a time my daddy had to come get me because I fell out in the hallway because I was just so under the influence, and the teachers called him to come get me. Um, my senior year, two months before graduation, I found out that I was pregnant with my oldest son, Cash. I dropped out of school. I went to beauty school, and I became a licensed cosmetologist. I had my life together, I thought. I had a house. I had a car. I had a job, and I was being a mother, and my mama was a good mama, so I had a role model, you know, so I knew the things to do and not to do. When my son turned one, the man that I thought was his father walked out on us because he had had a DNA test done behind my back. So from that point on, I started doing a drug with my son's real father that was going to carry me down a path of destruction, holding the devil's hand, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. But I knew that I was not going to let another man walk out on me and my child. The further along I got into my addiction, I was losing weight. I was going to work every day. I was taking care of all my business. I wasn't asking my parents for any kind of help. I was very independent, and I had a lot of pride. So at the same time, I wouldn't ask for help even if I needed it. I would figure out a way. I would hustle and get what I needed for me and my son. Um, his father went to prison, and I ended up, well, that was an abusive relationship too, but I would, like I said, I wasn't going to let another family fall apart for my son. I ended up with my childhood sweetheart, and... Um, we fought like no other. I mean, we just fought. Drugs and abusive relationship and raising a child don't go together. When my son was three years old, I was arrested for the very first time. And um, I had to have a hair follicle test done. And I lost temporary custody of my son to my parents. So then that had nothing holding me at home. So I went harder in my addiction and just black eyes, broke bones. I mean, and nothing. You could not have drug me away from this man I, he just had I was like she said I was just so intrigued with the lifestyle and I was good at it I was good at dealing I was good at making people feel the same way I felt the devil had a foothold on me um I found out I was pregnant with my second son Jude 
I got cold turkey sober. Um, I got into church with my grandma, but I was still being abused. We were still fighting, and I was to the point that I was going to protect me and my son because if a man will hit you with a baby in your belly, he'll hit you one with one in your arms. And so I walked away, and I stayed away, and I thought that that was going to be the hardest thing I had ever done in my life, but I had no idea about Teen Challenge yet. Um, I got into church with my grandma, and I was on fire. I was saved, sanctified, and filled with the ghost at seven months pregnant. And you couldn't tell me nothing. I knew what I knew, and I knew what I felt, and I knew that I was on the right path. I thought that I was going to have my baby by myself and be a single mother to my two children and just get it all together. I had a second chance, and I was going to get it right. When Jude was two months old, um, I started looking for love again in all the wrong places. And when the whole time I had love in my arms and I just didn't see it, I was blinded. I started getting around some of my older friends. I started falling back into addiction, and because I turned my back on God, it was sevenfold. I started using drugs in the worst way possible to the point that I could feel my soul being sucked out of me. There would be days that I would walk into the bathroom and look in the mirror and not even recognize the monster that I had created that was looking right back at me. It was like uh, I was just so deep off and I was miserable, but I was trying to keep a front on to everybody around me that I was happy, that I liked what I was doing. December 28th, my door was kicked in, and even though I may not, re even though my son may not remember it because he was six months old, I always remember that he was there and that he saw me get thrown onto the ground into handcuffs with just narcotics roaming around my whole entire house. They uncuffed me to let me feed my son for the very last time while DHS and my mom were on the way to get him. Thank God my oldest son was at kindergarten already and he didn't have to witness this. I fight with it every single day knowing that my infant child watched me be slammed on the ground and, and handcuffed. Um, I bonded out of jail the very next day, and you would have thought that that would have scared me to death, and I would have ran home to my children and wrapped my arms around them and stayed there with them, but I didn't. I went harder. I started moving drugs. I started dealing drugs. I started moving to different states back and forth multiple times a week. I started taking people down with me. I wanted everybody to be as high as I was because I knew it was only a matter of time before I was going to go to jail. Two weeks later, I was arrested again, and I had such a strong grip on my daddy as the policemen pried me off of him. I had a simple assault and disobeying a police officer, and I wanted my daddy to save me, but he wouldn't. My family had washed their hands of me because I had turned into just the devil to them. You could see them get this, you could see the fear in their eyes when I would walk into the room because I was a loose cannon. They never knew what I was going to say or do. Just... It was ridiculous, and I know that now, and I see why they treated me the way they did because I had broken their hearts. I went completely against the grain on everything I had ever been taught. Nobody in my family does drugs. They don't even smoke cigarettes. And I got sat down in jail for a couple of days, and I had the chance to come to Teen Challenge. And Jesus pulled me from that pit because my God had a bigger plan for me, and he knows that I am going to be just a light and I am going to spread the word and I'm going to show people through my testimony that you don't have to live like that no more because it's not worth it. It might be fun in the beginning, but in the end, you lose everything that you love. And like Haley said behind me, the only two people in this world that know what my heart sounds like from the inside and have never done anything to me, I couldn't even love them enough to stay sober on my own. So it took God pulling me from them 
pulling me out of my element, pulling me away from my whole family to sit me down in Teen Challenge so I can work on myself and build myself up and go home and work on his kingdom for him. And I'm so very grateful for that. I will go home and I will be a mother that I am supposed to be. And I will be the woman of Proverbs that I'm supposed to be. And I thank God for that. I will fight to the end for my children now, just like I did for that drug. That's over with. I will fight for God and I will fight for my babies. And that's the reason that the scripture I stand on is she is clothed with strength and dignity and she lasts without fear of the future. Proverbs 31:25. Thank y'all. How many of y'all have seen us in front of storefronts, whether it be Walmart, whatever? I know we're everywhere we are. Um, because we don't get state or government funding, we, we fundraise. Um, the girls that raise their hand, they work in the shop, and um, either the wood's donated to us or either um, it's given to us because it has knots and imperfections in it. It, it kind of starts out like we do. It's a piece of wood. But, you know, <clears throat> the girls get in there, and that is mothers trying to get their children back. You can walk in the shop at any given time at any of our locations that we work at, um, and there's praise and worship music going on because they know they got a bright future ahead of them. They're not sitting there thinking about all the bad things that's happened. Um, these actually take six hours to make. Some of us need more work than others. Some of the other pieces don't take as long. We're not told what color to paint. We've all worked in the paint shop at one time. They rotate our job. Um, they don't tell us what color to paint. They don't tell us how to paint it. They just say paint. So every stroke is for our families. This piece is for y'all having us. And I hope that when y'all see it, remember that we're praying for your church too. I was just thinking about um, this church. We pulled up. We, um, Ms. Darla had, had told us that this was a special place to her because when she was broken in jail, over numerous times that y'all showed up. That seed that y'all planted has affected our lives. She's teaching us daily. She's over choir. I'm in intake. She's, she's my, my boss too. Um, so just that one time of what are y'all going Tuesday nights or Sunday nights, when y'all go on Sunday nights, just that one person that you talk to that you may think, oh, my God, i got to leave my family. You know, just that one light, when that seed that you plant affects multitudes. Because I'm telling you, when I came into the program, I was mad about it. And uh, <clears throat> when I came in, Miss Darla is one of the ones that talked to me and encouraged me to stay. And I don't know, honestly, if it had not been for her, if I would have stayed. And so thank y'all. Thank you for your outreach. Thank you. We didn't even know, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even know where Horn Lake was. I wasn't even sure if it was Lake Horn, Horn Lake, whatever. But, um, but it affected her life. And so for your outreach and your ministry, you know, the Lord loves us no matter what. And we are so honored to be here with you. Um, it's one thing to stand on the street and take drugs. It's another thing to stand in a pulpit 
and turn it around. And so I'm so thankful for these girls that they opened up and shared, you know, their story with you. We have woodwork at the table. They they want to talk with y'all. And thank you. We are so honored to be here. Um, and anyone in your in your anywhere. We, we have to be two hours from our people, places, and things. But anyone in your community, I can give you flyers. I can give you our number, my number. Um, anyone, we don't turn anybody away. No one. If they're too close, we send to another state. Um, so if you know of anybody, your family members, friends, you know, when we're fundraising, yeah, it does help. It does help our ministry. It does. We, we live free. Let me just say that. We... Um, we don't charge, they don't charge a monthly fee at our Teen Challenge. So we don't have that $750 monthly fee. Um, we fundraise three days a week. And what that does is help other ladies come into the house. We have a $1,000 induction fee. Miss Darla didn't even have hers. When you, when you become an emerging leader, you actually earn a paycheck. And um, you can pay your induction fee off that way at the end of your, you know, during your six-month own program. But at graduation day, when I graduate on December 19th of this year, in 19 weeks in Jesus' name, um, they hand me that $1,000 right back and say, start your life with it. They also offer us a job. That's why Miss Darla's there. They offer us a job so that we can help people not be us, be like us. And, and when, we're on the, when we're fundraising, you know, um, it's, it is about the money. It is about keeping our ministry funded. We're paying forward for our sisters to come into the house. Um, but it's about the divine appointments. It's about seeing somebody with track marks and telling them we don't judge them, we love them. You know? So just because we think sometimes that our families, you know, I come from a good family. I, you know, my children are not in addiction. or when he, We walk by and we hold our head up and we think, I don't have time for that. But, you know, you may be the very one that have a friend or a sister or a brother. So I just encourage you, whether it's our group or any other group, stop by. Pray with them. Grab their hand. Grab our hands. You know, the Lord loves you, you know, because that little bit of talking to us, as the girls, makes our day. And so thank you so much. And, you know, we have, like I said, we have several pamphlets. I want to give it to y'all so that y'all can take it to your jail ministry because I know that seed, that there's 27 of us that look up to that one seed that y'all watered. Thank you. We all should work on our testimony. But, I mean, you came from the heart, and it's clear that you guys... Uh, didn't hold anything back to, and because the things that you've learned can help someone else. And just stay strong, you know, and uh, you're, you're on the right path now. There's better days ahead. We want to uh, take up a special offering for them today. If I could get some ushers to come down with, the, with some buckets. Matthew 10:40 says anyone who receives you receives me and anyone who receives me receives the father who sent me if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God you will be given the same reward as a prophet and if you receive a righteous people because of their righteousness you will be given a reward like theirs and if you give even a cup of cold water to one of these the least of my followers you will surely 
be rewarded. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.